To me, retirement was my opportunity to volunteer full-time. That was my goal, and I did everything I could to afford me that opportunity to be able to do that at a very young age. Again, depends on how bad you want it, because if you want it bad enough, you can get it. Do you ever wonder who you'll be and what you'll do after your career is over? Wouldn't it be nice to hear stories from people who figured it out, who are thriving in retirement? I'm Ryan Doolittle. After working with the Retire Sooner team for years and researching and writing about how they structure their lifestyles, I know there's more to be learned. So I'm going straight to the source and taking you with me. My mission with the Happiest Retirees podcast is to inspire 1 million families to find happiness in retirement. I want to learn how to live an exceptional life from people who do it every day. Let's get started. Okay, Penny Martinez, thank you so much for coming on the Happiest Retirees podcast. Well, thank you for asking me. Uh, it's <laughs> I just never considered myself a, a worthy worthy guest of a, of a podcast, so this is a first for me. Well, we so. are lucky to have you on. All the other shows that don't have you are not fortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks well, for appreciate. coming on. I know you said you're just techie enough to be dangerous, but I think you're doing pretty yes. well here. <laughs> yeah, I, well, I can follow instructions, so I, I can read. <laughs> And, and, and God bless America. I've got a college degree, so I figured that out, how to read. So, yes. yeah. Well, yeah. okay, let's start out with the basics here. Why are you a happy retiree, and, and why should people listen to your story? Well, I was born, like I said, with a, with a service heart. So I love giving back. I've always done that since I was knee-high to a weed. Um, <laughs> I emulated my parents. My parents are the same way. They both had full-time jobs. I remember my mom, she was working. She had raised seven children, uh, working, going to school, trying to get a master's degree. So they've they've done it all. So they and they always gave back. They were brownie leaders, Boy Scout leaders. They coached all our little leagues. Um, they were heavily involved. They knew all my friends. They knew all the parents. They immersed themselves in my life. So uh, I knew they knew everything. So, but we were always giving. We were always volunteering in the community. We always gave back, because uh, we were very blessed. We were all very blessed. We had a roof over our head, clothes on our car, lo- very loving parents. And so you give back. And that was that was just a, a way of life. And, and so I've continued that on. I, I've never given it up because uh, I, I tell people, it's not for everybody. Most people I get, what's in it for me? Well, I say helping your fellow man. And once <laughs> you once you get that feeling, once you've seen a tangible, maybe you've made a tangible difference in somebody's life, be it very small, you're never going to give that up. It is amazing. So I've been doing this my entire life. My goal was to retire early. That was my goal, my sole purpose. And I figured that out when I was six years old. How did you so, figure that out when you were six years old? Well, it's just my folks. You know, they they were smart. Uh, they they didn't have a boatload of, of money. They had seven children. So, but oh they gosh. paid them. They had, I have six brothers. I'm the only girl. Oh. Okay. Most people, when they get to know me, they get to know me. They, oh, now I understand why you're the way you yeah. are. Okay. It's <laughs> right. boys. I, I get it. But my folks always, my father always stressed, pay yourself first. Pay yourself first. You're a bill. Pay yourself first. That was drilled into all of us. And so I just, I just took it further than all my brothers did. I just decided, okay, that's exactly what I'm going to do. So uh, starting at six years old, that was my first job at six. I was pulling weeds for Mrs. Tallman. 
So that's what <laughs> Thank I did. you, Mrs. So Tomlin. She was yeah. yes, yes, and I you know yes, and she was a retired educator. She's a oh, retired okay. educator, so she gave me my first job pulling weeds, and so I started collecting my money uh, from there. So that's wow, what okay. I all started, and I hung on to it. And yeah, yeah because you said you you made your first investment at eighteen. Yes, my first investment at 18 years. I started investing at 18 years old in my life, in what I was going to do. So I sat down with a, a retirement, a fidelity uh, <laughs> individual, and I said, and he's like looking at me like, okay, he's looking at me like I'm from Mars. Okay, you're yeah. not normal. You're not normal. Well, that's what my parents did, and they're both, they're both Depression era. They didn't mm, have a lot. Mm -hmm. They grew up very poor. Uh, but they put themselves through school. My mom got her master's degree. I saw, I witnessed all of this, raising a family. So I saw all of this and I said, well, if I could be half like her, I would be thrilled. And that was my sole purpose. So I started investing at 18 years of age for the long term because my the women in my family live into their 90s. My oh, mother wow. was 90, okay. she was 93. My grandmother was 96. So all the women on, my mom, we all live a long age, so I got to make sure I can have enough money to be able to plan into my 90s because I figure that's how long I'm going to be around this planet Earth. Yeah, you're, <laughs> till, you're pretty much, takes you're, me home. you're still a puppy. You still have tons of time. <laughs> right, right. I'll, yeah. turn, uh, I'll turn 63 um, next month on the 5th. So I turned 63 and I retired. My goal, my father retired when he was 55 and my goal was to retire before him. And, and you did, retired 45. at 45. I retired at 45 years old, yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. That's just so impressive mm -hmm. that you were able yeah. to do that. Well, I went without. Like I told you in my questions, I, I lit without. I didn't keep up with the Joneses. Uh, a lot of my friends were traveling all over Europe and doing all those big extravagant things, which is great. I don't hold it against them. I think that's, that's, that's super. But, see, I, I'm low maintenance, and I, I don't. my goal was to retire at 45 so I can still travel. I can still do those things. I'm still able-bodied and I can still pay my bills. And plus I'm debt-free. I don't owe any other yeah. than my incidentals. I'm debt-free. So I, wow. I own my house. I own my cars. <laughs> <laughs> you might you know? need to also be on, on our other podcast about, that gets more into the finances because you, you seem to have it down. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like I said, it's just a low risk, long term. I just, I, I knew when I was going to retire at 45 and I started 18. Look, I had, I didn't have any bills. I went to college on scholarships, basketball scholarships. Oh, and, oh, and stuff. oh, I didn't know that. A basketball scholarship? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I went to the University of Idaho. I okay. was a, uh, I was a vandal. A vandal. And so yeah. I actually, Tar, I was a vandal. And, you know, Tara Vandeveer, she now coaches at Stanford. That was her first oh. coaching job when she graduated from Indiana. Wow. So she okay. was my college coach for two years before then she left to Ohio. Then she went to Ohio. Were you and rivals so, with Boise State? Were the, oh, were yeah. The we used to beat the tar out of them all the time. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we, were, we had a Tara was smart. Tara was, and that's another one. She was real smart. So it was her first coaching job. So she went out and recruited uh, community college kids. Mm. Mm -hmm. She didn't get it. I was a freshman. There was a few of us, but most of them were community college because, hey, she wanted to build a program really, really quick. Yeah. So not a bunch of youngsters like me that didn't know anything about college or going to college. So she she recruited a bunch of uh, two-year community college recruits 
And yeah, we were quite the powerhouse. And that was before, I'm dating myself, that was before the three-point shot. We used a oh, regular yeah. basketball. Now it's smaller and one-inch circumference. And we weren't the NCAA. We were the AIAW. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So at least we didn't wear skirts. So it's not like my mom. <laughs> You know, yeah. when she played basketball, <laughs> it was just that they had an offensive team and a defensive team, and that either team passed to half court. So I like nothing like that. But my mom was a kind of a pseudo. She was a high jumper too, so was I. But she oh. did the scissor kick in her difference. She did the scissor kick into sawdust, where I did the Fosbury flop. So, but the I was, I was, that, what is it? The Fosbury, flop? the Fosbury flop. So you're flipping yourself over backwards. Oh, that, that's, that's the standard the way they do it now, right? That's yeah. the way they do it now. Yeah. So anyway, I, you know, I look back when you gave me these questions, I look back on my life and I have to pinch myself, uh, Ryan, because I am extremely blessed, extremely uh, blessed. And so that's the other reason why I give back. Because quite yeah. frankly, none of it's ours, as we all know, none of it's ours. If my Lord and Savior came here and said, Penny, I want you to give it all up. Okay. Yeah. And, and that you, attitude yeah. is, is so fantastic, though. Not everyone has that attitude. Well, Took me a while to get this attitude. I didn't initially have it. My mother was <laughs> right. a Christian. My father was an atheist. Oh, okay. So it was it was a really interesting uh, household, you know. So he he yeah. was uh, really super smart. He's a mathematician. Uh, my mom was uh, English major, but she she like I said, she taught special education. So she had the patience of Job, which fit perfectly into our brood that she had to be uh, patient with all of us, a diverse group of human beings. Yeah, so, with um, with six boys and one girl. All right. I mean, I can't she said imagine. I was harder to raise than yeah. She said I was harder to raise than them. Really? Which is really interesting. Yeah, which is really interesting because I didn't really cause any problems, but I I questioned a lot of things. You know, they so they couldn't just say I told you so. They actually had to give me an explanation. I might not have agreed yeah. with it, like most yeah. teenagers do not, but I respected right. it. So they respected me. I respected them, and I, I went along with it. So it is what it is. So they I didn't get my driver's license until I was 18. I could not get, oh. none of us could get our driver's license until we were 18 years of age. And then uh, once we had that, if you wanted a car, you're on your own. You had to buy your own insurance, buy your own car. I'm not paying for nothing. So they didn't, that's, that's what depression area. So they didn't get anything. They worked for everything. If you want it, you're going to have to go get it. So this is what I tell everybody. This is the story of my family. When you turned 18 and you graduated from high school, that was the day I left home. Mm. That was it. That was a day. So you you were taught you were taught that you have to stand on your own two feet. You were taught you have to make your own way because um, yeah. that was it. You're you're gone. So when I got home on my graduation day, I had my blue Samsonite suitcase, which I still have to this day. They had the one ads <laughs> wow. on top, the one ads on top, and they broke my dinner plate. And they said, "Good luck." So, oh but I knew Wait, that they broke from, it, saying you can't come back. Or well, that's you're that's out. that was the whole thing. You're 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 yeah. You're on your way. I've given you wings. I've taught you oh right from God. wrong. So you're yeah. I've given you wings. Have a nice life. Now, I, of course, I came home, but I was always a visitor. Right. You know, once that was it. You're but that but that was taught. As soon as I could roll over and understand, you knew yeah. this was coming. And plus, I witnessed it in front of all my brothers. So I had examples of what was going to occur. So yeah. given that, I, all of that, I wanted to make sure that I could stand on my own two feet, make mistakes, understand that, pick myself back up and continue on without, without just freaking out. Because my father always, when I'd come to ask him a question about anything, he said, what have you done 
for coming to me. Now, yes, that used to frustrate the heck out of me because I said, can't you just give me the answer? Just give me the answer. Yeah. No, no, honey, yeah. what, if I wasn't, what if I wasn't here? What would you do? Mm. So you got to think outside the box. So they taught me all that kind of stuff before now it's a big deal. Oh, yeah, teach outside the box. Well, I was raised that way. Yeah, so my, you were never in my the parents, box. I was, no, no. So I was taught that. And, and so that's how I started. And I just emulated them. I watched what my parents did and they were successful and everything. So I just, I just went, oh, well, this works. But I, I watched my brothers. They made mistakes. I said, well, I'm not going down that path. I'm just going to go in the opposite direction. So I was blessed with having, they made all these mistakes up right in front of me. So I didn't have to do the same thing. So yeah. it was really kind of great. And I thank my brothers every single day. For Thanks for ma making so many mistakes, brothers. Exactly. Well, of <laughs> yeah. course, and you and you you're going to you're going to make mistakes, uh, yeah. but that's that you. But we were taught how to get out of those and not to do it again. Yeah. So I just I filling out your questions. It's amazing how blessed I am. Amazing. Well, I'm glad we could help you see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so as far as your commitment to volunteering, it's so interesting because we yes. we do a lot of research around happy retirees and volunteering is always at the top of the list for what happy retirees like to do. So you're right on track with that. I mean, not that you needed my yeah. It's it's common sense. I mean, it's it's fun to give back and you can actually see the differences and it's and it's fun to give people hope because a lot of people yeah. oh, look, I'm a cancer survivor. I've survived a breast cancer twice. So I wow. figured, hey, the Lord twice. has uh, twice. Yeah. Once I was in my 30s, it's it's a genetic. It's genetic. My grandmother had it. My mother had it. But they were all in their late 60s. I started mm. out in my 30s. But that I think that's part of it because it was it was stress related because I was such a driver. Mm. You know, there was no slowing me down because I have goals. I've always been goal oriented. I've been taught to be goal oriented. I still am goal oriented. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. So I think I think I think a lot of had had to do with with putting so much pressure on myself to meet or exceed my goals that my immune system or whatever triggered it quickly than than my parents and plus the different stresses. It's just the yeah. world is completely different. I had to learn um, to strengthen my coping skills. Oh, I bet. You know, yeah. and that's so, that's yeah. like going to the gym, but for emotions, right? Like that's right. That's like learning an actual skill. Right, right. And so I had to readjust myself and slow down, reevaluate mm. what I was doing, try to find maybe smarter ways of what I was doing versus putting so much pressure on myself. So I had to back off, but that's the good Lord talking to you. It was a it was a God thing, and you know, and then of course, like any human being, you revert back. <laughs> Start doing yeah, it again, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then it hit me again in my in my fifties. So oh, okay. um, because you had gotten more like, well, it's actually intense. Yeah, yeah. So I got got back into that again. So then, yeah. So I told you in my in my notes uh, why I retired at forty five. Yeah, uh, because I went to a trip to Italy with my mom for her eightieth birthday. Came back being pulled like Gumby. That's what I felt like Gumby. Yeah, and I, and I said, no, I, I, I cannot do this. This is just not. This is not worth it. So, time to go. So yeah, that's when I cut the apron strings, and I love my job. That was, I was that, at Stanford. When you worked at Stanford University. 
I was the administrative services manager. So what I did is I supervised all the, you know, finance, uh, student services, facilities, the labs. So I supervised all the management level of of those different departments. And plus, I of course, we had 26 faculty, and then you have postdocs and grad students. So I was over all of, of that. And it's actually, I love being around really, really smart people. And these people, but they gave me a little levity because they were so super smart, which they are, off the charts, brilliant people doing some amazing uh, research, but they have no common sense whatsoever. <laughs> so I, I could tell you all yeah. sorts of stories. Uh, with Stanford faculty. Brilliant people, but <laughs> wow. Well, because you like yeah. being around smart people so much, I want to thank you for also deciding to be around me, you know, the opposite of, uh, for slumming it here with me. But it's funny because I worked around some some geniuses at, what, at a job that I had. And it's exactly like what you said. They were amazingly smart, but they couldn't figure out how to like make a pot of coffee. You know, it was just right. this Change weird... a light bulb, change a battery. Right. Yeah. Like, it's like their brain was all used up on the genius parts. They couldn't do the, the yeah. other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a little levity I got from my job. That that brought me home. I helped them with their checkbooks. I mean, the, you've, the basic the basic stuff we're not taught these kids. Because, again, they're, they're yeah. bright. They're incredibly yeah. bright. But they, they didn't know how to change oil. They didn't know how to change a car. They I had to show them yeah. ATM machines. I mean, they didn't know how to do checkbooks. It's just all this basic stuff that that I took for granted because I was taught that at a very young age. I, I knew how to do a checkbook. I, I knew all, and they had no clue uh, yeah. whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, so all those those uh, survival skills, uh, I started just interjecting myself and helping yeah. them out. Yeah, yeah. So it was fun. That is, that is great. And so as far as the volunteering, do you want to talk about some of the specific ways you do it now? Well, like I said, when I first, okay, so I told my husband I want to leave. He was like, okay, where do you want to go? Because he's a California boy. So we're not leaving California. I mean, I'm not leaving. Do anything you want, Penny, but we're not leaving California. So so my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, they were moving up from San Diego. They're getting ready to retire, moving closer to us in the Bay Area. And so they found Bakersfield. They found the Dell Webb here in Bakersfield. I said, oh, okay, great. So, hey, why don't you come on down and take a look? Well, okay, I fell in love with this area. Then I started doing research on Bakersfield. In 2006, it was the fastest growing city in California at that time. And and I'm a total volunteer. And they had the largest volunteer organization in the nation. Oh, my God. So I'm like, okay, this is the place where I want to go. So it was stuck into my head. That that was before we even moved away. That was stuck in my head. And I thought, well, that would be a fun place. So, And it is centrally located. It's near the mountains. If you want to go to L.A., it's really close. You want to go to the coast, it's really close. Well, holy cow, that, that's great. So I didn't look at the negatives. I, I said to tell people, hey, I'm thinking about going to Bakersfield. Oh, no. <laughs> Bakersfield is the armpit of California. I'm like, what? So you're blaming it on our topography? What? It's not our fault that we happen to be in a valley in a bowl. It's, right. it's L.A. and all the other people going through and sludge and all that kind of stuff. So it has. But the people now I've lived in a lot of places. It's the people here that I've got more friends here, Ryan, than I've ever had in my entire life. And I mean, friends, if something happened to my husband or me, they'd be there and immediately and they put up with my idiosyncrasies. Those people that know my quirks that tolerate <laughs> me. And so I always live by Leah Coca's uh, deal. If you have five 
close friends that put up with your idiosyncrasies, that know all your faults and, and uh, love you anyway, and would be there for you, consider yourself a very lucky person. So yeah. I consider myself, I have really true friends here than a thick or thin. If I had to make a call, they would be here. That's amazing. So, and you met them. I mean, that was like not like childhood friendships. That was Those were people no. you met later in life and instantly yeah. had that kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great. We should send that clip over to the Bakersfield Chamber of Commerce because you're really making it sound like an amazing spot, you know? I love the people here, not just in my community, yeah. but just in Bakersfield and Kern County as a whole. As you know, I'm a veteran, so I'm heavily, yeah. I got I got involved in little stuff. I volunteered in my HOA. I live in a homeowners association, so I volunteered on committees because, look, I'm 45 years old. People got to get used to me. Right. Um, you have so more energy the than way, them at that, right? At that exactly. Point, like, well, yeah. yeah, the average age here is 76. So I was 45 yeah. years old. And my mother always told me, do you understand what you've moved yourself into? Do you understand? <laughs> I said, mom, they're, they're 55 and above. They have their act together. Because it, it, it's a senior so, living community, right? 55 exactly. And older. It's a senior, yeah. 55 and older. One person has to be 55. So the only way for people to get used to me is I got to get involved. So I was able to get on different committees, you know, our design review committee, or we had a safety and security committee, you know, a social committee. You know, I planned events. You know, I, I started yeah. immersing myself again. I actually ran for the board. Oh, okay. That was crazy. Now, um, yeah, I, I ran it gets for pretty, I, pretty yeah. uh, intense, right? Yeah. Well, see, my time, I, I figure my time is very valuable. It's very valuable. Once I give it, I can never get it back. So I'm yeah. very careful of how I give my time and my, and my energy and my skills um, because I can never get it back. And so I really, truly wanted to make a difference. Well, I came on the board right before the pandemic hit. Oh, came on okay. in March of 2020. Boom, the pandemic hit. So we had a new general manager, a brand new board, and now we were dealing with a pandemic. That's the a perfect lot. storm. Yeah. It was, it was, it was nuts. So un unfortunately, things uh, didn't, <laughs> didn't pan out. <laughs> and, okay. And, and I decided to, uh, no, I'm not running again. I'm moving on. So I call, I call it, I get outside the compound. I'm outside okay. the compound, <laughs> outside the walls. Yes. Yeah. Where, where where I feel I can make a difference. So a, a woman here that lives, one of my neighbors, good friends, got me involved with the Bakersfield Republican Women. Okay. And so I got I got involved in that, and I'm the Caring for America chair. So what that means okay. is I reach out to nonprofits. I tell them who I am. And most of the time when I say Republican, everybody's leaning back with their arms crossed, legs crossed. <laughs> and I said, that's okay. That's okay. I will just prove to you that there okay. is a group of women that all live here, that all care. And so yeah. I said, how can we help you? So that's what I do. I reach out to nonprofits and I say, how can we help you with your mission? Right. So well, I'm, I'm involved in a plethora of things through that. I would think that when people come at it from that attitude, really the preconceived notions of whatever political party you are start to melt away and people just realize it, your it heart, took It took you know? a while. Yeah, it took a while. Yeah. It took two years. It yeah. took two years of action. And I understand right. it because you're bombarded by a perceived notion of who we are. Yeah. You know, supposedly, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be really super rich. Of course, I'm white, <laughs> but I can't do anything about that. And right, I'm supposed right, to be right. selfish. I'm supposed to be selfish. So I didn't say anything. I, yeah. I, I, let my, I let our actions speak for themselves. And it was all action. You tell me what you need, 
I'll get it for you. Right. Well, that's, so that's what we that did. That seems like a smart. I mean, if someone sees you picking up trash, it's hard for them to say, who's that selfish yeah. person over there? You know? Yeah. So we adopted the street. We adopted Cottonwood. Yeah. Okay. Everybody deserved. And- right. Right. So we, I, I went to the city of Bakersfield, keep Bakersfield beautiful. I said, hey, I want to adopt a street. She goes, where do you want to adopt it? I said, well, I want it within the city limits. Why don't you give me District 5? District 5 is the, like, the, I guess, a low-income whatever. And I said, well, I'll, I'll go there because everybody deserves to live on a clean street. I don't care yeah. who you are, how you live, what you do for a living. I don't care. So we adopted from East Comalinda to East White Lane. That whole oh, that's part a big of, area. Yeah, so we go out there yeah. and we pick up pick up trash. But usually we get people waving hands. Some people I get people pulling over. Like, hey, what group are you from? Or what do you do? And I said, Well, we're the Bakers for Republican Women. And they're like, They have that initial, huh? <laughs> 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 Shock. <laughs> and then they're like, Well, cool, good for you. And I said, Well, hey, you know. <laughs> Just that, because I'm a member of a, that reaction, <laughs> it is it is great. It's classical. We always get yeah. thumbs up. We get people honking horns. We get people pulling over saying thank you. But yes, I mean, I, this is what I always say: if people just gave one hour a week, everybody, what a, what an amazing world we'd live in. Oh an my amazing gosh, world. you're right. Yeah, just one hour. Yeah, an amazing right. world. Is it? You don't have to change. Try to change the world in you know no. every single day. Just do your do your part. You know. Right. Yeah. One hour. And speaking of, you also support, I think, the Bakersfield Pregnancy Center. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so human so trafficking. I go down there. Right. Human trafficking. I do a lot of human trafficking. I got involved. Um, the previous president of our Bakersfield Republican Women, she goes, Penny, I want to do with something with uh, human trafficking. Okay. So I just took off and ran with it. So we hooked oh, up with all the nonprofits. Oh, yeah. We hooked up wow. with all the nonprofits, all the nonprofits that deal with uh, human trafficking. So we've supported all of their programs at different events that they do. We all show up. We're doing donation drives. We're doing everything that we can to shed the light on. It is amazing how bad this is. Now, I didn't real, I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize how bad it was until I sat down with Cynthia Zimmer, our district attorney, and let her explain it to me and her task force. I was appalled. I went from I went from being just really super angry to wanting to throw up in a trash can. Oh, yeah. It, it, just it was how, amazing. Just how prevalent it is? Or? Yes. We are a hub. Oh, yeah. California is really? number one in the nation. California is number one in the nation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. and, and I don't know. I'm sure I'm, I'm, I'm so off on this, but you, I at least had the, the opinion that, oh, that human trafficking is probably not. That's something that happens in other countries, but it, it happens a lot here, right? Oh, United States is number one. Yeah, it's oh my, it's gosh. huge. California, yeah. like I said, California is number one. We probably got the most calls to the hotline coming out of Kern County. Oh, the wow. the Union okay. Avenue is known as the Blade. The Blade. That's where all the, the as they call it. That's the slang. Because I work with a couple of uh, women who are survivors. So they both have nonprofits. So we support them. One is uh, Empowerment, the Des Perkins Foundation. She is a counselor at a local high school. She works with at-risk uh, high school students, trying to save them from going in that direction. So she has her own foundation. The other one is Angelica Zuniga and her husband, uh, Julian. They have Redeemed Home. And so mm. she helps survivors that are 18 and older. Okay. So... Yeah, it's huge here. It's horrible. So I could say, they say what your your kids are one click away. 
Oh my God. You don't know what your kids are doing on the internet. Yep. You could be, you think you're talking to another 13 year old or 14 year old, but it happens to be a 40 year old man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's Uh, huge. How do, if if someone wanted to help with what you do, I mean, even if they don't live in Bakersfield, is there some website they can go to to, to give or, or anything like that? Sure. I mean, you, you could start out just at a national human trafficking, uh, there, and then you could get down to the community level and you could find a tons. I mean, there's Jameson house. I mean, the mission, you know, uh, open door network. I mean, I could go on and on and on oh, okay. and on and they need tons of help because they house these folks. They try to house them and educate them and, and try to get them uh, back to productive. And, and it's not a, a quick fix. Yeah. So, so just picture, I can't even imagine, it's really hard for me to fathom, but the two young women that I, I spoke about, they were trafficked by their own mothers. Oh, no. It's usually somebody trafficked, you're trafficked by somebody you know. That's usually what happens. And, and so when they are then got, they, they are then survived and got off the streets and stuff and help, it's not a quick fix. They, they yeah. have heavy duty drama. Uh, the other other organization that I work with a lot is called the Daughters Project, and they're with the Global Family Care Network, and their their local here is called the Daughters Project. And so those are children; those are young ladies under the age of seventeen, okay, or seventeen and younger. And and so, I, yeah, but I w- I would think it's it's a long process because even if you were able to get them out physically, there's a, a whole lot of emotional baggage that needs to be. Ta- yeah, they need yes. to to heal. And- it's it's years. The two yeah. young women I talked about, they still struggle with it. Yeah. They'll deal with it for yeah. the rest of their lives. But so then what, what we do is just simple acts of kindness. Simple acts yeah. of kindness. You know, we help at-risk kids. Some of these kids don't have never gone to Great America or, or any amusement park or a beach or, or anything like that. So those are the kind of things that we participate. They put together an event and then we help them get to that event. So we offer our resources, you know, money. Uh, donations, you know, food, clothing. Uh, we went over to the Daughters Project and we made uh, Christmas ornaments. Oh, is that the wreath? So, what did you call that? Wreaths across America? No, that's a that's a different thing. That's a vet oh, thing. That's our, that's another. One. That's a completely that's a completely different deal. So oh, okay. yeah, so we we do simple stuff like that. We we come over and we make. Uh, but we did we asked them for their uh, gifts, what kind of things they'd like for Christmas. And so we've got Christmas gifts, you know, just simple acts of kindness, things that, that, that are really simple to do. Now, as a segue, not even a segue, but my other thing is I'm a United States Air Force veteran. Okay. And so since I've lived here, I've always participated in wreaths across America, which is nationwide. It oh. started in Maine. Um, it's nationwide, but we have our own Bakersfield National Cemetery here. I will be buried there. When the oh. good Lord takes me home. Hopefully not um, for a so, long time, but hopefully not for a long time. Right. I hope I get yeah, into yeah. my 90s, maybe beat out my grandma and stuff. That'd be yeah. cool. As long as I'm able bodied yeah. and You'll function. Sh- She'll show yeah, her. Right. So <laughs> Reese Across America is a program where uh, we have seven thousand plus grave markers, uh, honorable women who have served their country honorably that we wanted to make sure that they are constantly honored. We teach the young people about what it, what freedom's all about. It's not free. People died for it. So yeah. you could do what all the things that you hold dear, going to church, going to school, having First Amendment rights, Second Amendment yeah. rights, all those things, the Constitution, there's somebody that fought for those so you can have those. So that's another thing we got involved with. It started out with the Bakersfield Republican women being one of 16 
sponsorship groups. So we've got organizations, we've got corporations, we've got Democratic women uh, of current are involved. We got, you know, the Civil Air Patrol. We got the Bakersfield Police Department. So there's several organizations that became sponsorship groups. But what we found out was we have a location coordinator at that time was not responsive. And so then he left to San Francisco. And then we took over as location coordinators in October of this year. So we were okay. successful. We were successful in getting the total purposes is to have a wreath on every single grave marker out there. And what was really cool for this year is, is we have Jewish, our Jewish brothers and sisters in arms are also buried out there. We wanted to oh. honor them. We wanted wow. to honor them. So we got permission from Washington, D.C., the cemetery's administration department gave us permission to put menorahs on our Jewish brother and sisters in arms. How cool. And, um, and according, and that's the first of its kind in the Western United States. So what we're trying to do is present uh, what we've done to our Region 4, which handles our section of the United States for Research Across America. We're trying to let them know, hey, this is what we've done, and we should spread it across the United States. Everybody should be doing this, honoring all of our veterans, regardless of their religion. There needs to be a Penny Martinez volunteering school where you teach, because the, if more, more people could do all this, you're right, the world would just be really cooking. <laughs> yeah, you just wow. uh, find what, what drives you. Yeah, you just find what drives you, what what gets you out of bed, what excites you, um, where you can use your skill sets that you that you hone throughout your throughout your adult life and in your career, and then you give those giving back. It's not just monetary. You got a mind above your shoulders. Continue yeah. to use it because otherwise it'll just turn to mush. So you you're learning something new every day. I'm I'm meeting some absolutely amazing amazing people here in Kern County. Just phenomenal people yeah. thinking of others before they think of themselves. I call them doers. You hear that yeah. term all the time, doers. Well, I love being in a room full of doers. Yeah. I that like doers on the rock. a lot of fun. I... Yeah. Well, that too. Yes. But it's, it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it just gives me like, it gives, it gives me joy. So uh, yeah. every day I'm, I'm doing something, making phone calls or, or just simple stuff. It doesn't have to be something really big. Um, and I do dabble in politics um, a little bit. So I, and it's not, it's not my favorite thing. It is definitely yeah. not my favorite thing to do, but it's important because you got to be informed. You got to be informed. You can't just stick your head in the sand and not be involved. So you got to be involved to a certain extent and understand who you're voting for and why you're voting for it. And, and uh, so yeah, I dabble a little bit. It's not my big thing, but it's my weakness. Well, it is, well it is, people, that forget, is, people forget that po yes. there is a part of politics that's actually like useful. It's not all just the, the yes, there's policy, Rhetoric. there's, yeah. you know, standard protocol, right. whatever. Not that I'm an expert, but, but yeah. And what I like about what the way you talk about everything, there, there's no ego in any of this. I mean, if someone thinks one way about you, you don't get offended. You just change their mind. And, and then yep. it's just very, very impressive that the way you handle all this. Well, again, thank God for my parents. I, I got I thank God for them every single day. There's not a day that doesn't go by that I thank God for my parents every single day because I am who I am today from because of God and because of the parents that He gave me. Yeah, I'm, that's it. I mean, that's it's pretty simple. 
And I thank well, God for them every single day. Every that's day. just beautiful. And and the I mean, all the people you're helping now, <laughs> they want to thank your parents too for for bringing you into the world and everything you're doing. Yeah. Penny, how would you say these these? So we consider core pursuit sort of like hobbies on steroids type of th- you know things you're really passionate right. about. And volunteering is seems like the top of your list. Uh, you you could tell me some yep. other ones you might do too. But how how have these made you happier in your life? Or in your retirement wow. or life, you know, everything. Well, I, I wrote a couple of things. Why did I pick them? Because there's things that's on my, if you could see in my, in my wall, I, my mom, when I was growing up, my mom was the eternal optimist. Now, as a, as a teenager, it used to drive me crazy. And, and any normal teenager <laughs> growing up. Yeah. It, it used to, she put affirmations in my lunch bag. Um, really? She'd have affirmations. Uh, affirmations in my lunch bag, affirmations in my underwear drawer. There wasn't any place that I would not go with my mom would be putting positive affirmations everywhere. I, it didn't was matter it, what, what I was doing. Was it like a kitten so, ha- she, hanging off the ledge and it said hang yeah, in there? Exactly. She, okay, she, yeah, exactly. She, she was not a glass half full. She was, a, she was the eternal optimist. Yeah. She always looked at the positive side of of everything and when those hormones kick in at 15 you're stupid and you haven't quite grasped that concept that she used she's always smiling no matter what happened she would look at the positive side of something and it rubs off on you It, it just does so that's that's how i look at stuff but it's also like i said i wrote the Greek philosopher. So I have these big signs in my in my office. So the Aristotle once said that the essence of life is to serve others and do good. I'm not a goody two shoes because I do make mistakes and sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> I do, but I, I live I live by that. I I've lived by that. And and our and I told you I wrote a scripture Acts twenty thirty five. In all things I have shown you that by working hard uh, this way we must help the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, my yeah. parents, my mother beat on that, constantly said that through my entire life, up until the day she died. So that's what I live by. And that's what brings me joy. I love helping people. I love giving out hugs. I love giving out words of encouragement. And I love seeing uh, young people succeed in their dreams and their goals uh, up against an amazing amount of adversity. And they were able to uh, overcome through a village of people supporting them. And they were able to overcome it. And then what the cool thing is, then you see them in adulthood paying it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and then it's just the circle. And it's just so you see circle. a lot of that. People, just, maybe people you've oh, helped, you see them helping yes. others. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh, how cool. It's the coolest thing ever. It's the coolest thing ever. And it just keeps paying. It's like a ripple. It just keeps, keeps going and going and going and going. And then I bring other people. You know, I have people around here saying, I'm bored. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Come with me. Come with me. Come with me. And so I've got people now that are working, volunteering full time at the mission. Once I hook them up with one thing, that is to screw. So we have a lot of that at the Bakersfield Pregnancy Centers the same way. So we do, every October, we host a baby shower. Mm. And that is just amazing. That is amazing. Because you know what? Some of the things we got to get rid of is stigmas. Yeah. You know, we do a lot of things help. with domestic. Yeah. It doesn't. It, it, so you you think people that go to the Bakersfield Pregnancy Center, uh, you know, well, mm, you know, yes, they made a mistake. Yes, they have a pregnancy. But hey, they just we decided to keep it, thank God. They don't. 
they don't change their minds. Uh, so that's we do a lot of a lot of kind of stuff like that. So you try to help people. You try to support those people. They decide to keep their child uh, because they made a mistake. Or, Oops! And instead yeah. of just beating them over the head and being negative, well, let's be positive and and let's let's do some things that are positive. So we brought a bunch of people into that. So they're volunteering because you find what drives you. You find you yeah. know you find what drives you, and then and then you decide to. So we do that, and we also do the baby bottle thing. We try to raise a bunch of money. Everybody stuffs uh, dollars, loose dollars, or change or whatever into a baby bottle, and uh, because they go for grants, they don't get any federal estate. Nobody's going to give the Bakersfield Pregnancy Center any federal estate money. It comes from really? all donations. Yeah. They, no, no. <laughs> no that's, that's never going to happen. Yeah. Is that because of the stigma or what? Sure. Why sure. It's just, have, okay. you know, I could have the federal government. They they want to allow abortions and, and Bakersfield pregnancy. They'll tell you where to go if you if that's what you decide. But that that's okay. not what their role is. Their role is to save lives. Okay. Gotcha. You know, that's what their role is. So they're not, they don't go, they go for grants and stuff like that. But most of it's just like kind of local stuff or from a corporation or things like that. But most of it, they're big fundraisers coming up, I think on the 20th of this month. And um, so they have a big fundraiser and it's all, it's all volunteerism and it's, and it's just um, love from the, from the hood. I call it the hood or whatever, the Kern <laughs> County. This is probably one of the most loving, giving. That's another thing, Ryan. I've lived in a lot of places, and this is probably the most loving and giving community uh, um, I've ever lived in. And they get a bad rap, one, because of the weather, and, and two, maybe well, they're not the most educated people. But I tell you, the people here will literally give you the shirt off their back. Mm. That's what I've run into. All the people that I've run into, been involved with, come across, they're all loving, kind, and just willing to do, I'll, I'll help you in any way I can. And I love this place. I love Bakersfield. I don't care if they're all its warts. I love this place. I really, yep. it makes me so happy to hear that. Yeah. I love Bakersfield. I love the people. And I, I love the culture. I love the music. I love the food. We got some great more restaurants that are coming in. And the need is huge here, Ryan. The need yeah. is huge. We got a lot of people in crisis mode. And so we just need everybody to give us one hour a week. That's all we're asking. One hour mm -hmm. and you will have an amazing city to live in. Yeah. One hour. Yeah. Find something that you that that excites you, something that you will give your time and your efforts. And I'm telling you, <clears throat> I'm telling people all the time, once you get that bug, you'll never let it go. Yeah. Never. Penny, what does a never. perfect day look like for you? I mean, I'm imagining at least the well, one hour of volunteering. Yeah, well. So I start off, I start off all my day, my perfect, perfect day. I start out, my husband and I go and work out at our community fitness center. <laughs> okay. Okay. And th then we come home, then we come home and we always share breakfast all the time. We always sit at the table and that's very important, share. And, and we read through the paper, we talk about current events and then we talk about, uh, you know, what, what's on our schedule. What are we doing today? And I like doing things with my husband. I'm okay. the, usually the fanatic, but Jim is 17 years older than I am. And he okay. is right now kind of struggling through some health issues. So that that is the difficult piece right now that we're that we're going through. Yeah. So he's going to probably have to have some surgeries and stuff. You know, as you age, things start to wear yeah. out. So that's yep. that's where he is in his uh, life. So right, I am like the support function. But that's what we talk all the time. So so everybody, I always find that nobody communicate. We communicate all the time. I'm a talker. 
Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows where I stand. So that's yeah. my perfect day. So we are always then heading out to activity or uh, whatever we're we're doing. But we have a lot of things around the house. We live on a third of an acre. Uh, so a week I could be outside gardening. Uh, we have a lot of honeydew things, you know, around the house that I do. My husband says I'm perpetual motion that I wear my clothes out from the inside out. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly moving. I, it sounds like he's right. <laughs> yeah, it's constantly moving, but it's 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 pure. Jo- it is pure joy. I know. It, sometimes it sounds really kind of kind of corny, but it just is. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I have a smile on my face all the time. I, I I'm just having a, a really good time and 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 enjoying my life. Yeah, it's just what fun. And on on that third acre you have, I know you're pretty famous for having. Christmas decorations like all over. Oh right? yeah. Every year. Yeah. My parents made all the holidays really, really special. That was my mom's tremendous gift. And I think I I think she was so good at it. I think I didn't figure out Santa Claus was not really real until I was ten years old. Uh because Wait, he's so, not real? Well, I he I believe in him. I oh, believe okay. in him. I totally believe in him. I believe in everything that you know, all the love and the kindness and the goodness and the sharing. And, and stuff like the absolute, but I, it was, my parents did a fantastic job. So that's always been really important to me. I love, I love Christmas. If you walk into my house, it looks like Santa Claus belched. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I usually, I usually start, we can't decorate here on our HOA until the weekend after Thanksgiving, but everything's ready to go. So we're out there decorating all, it takes us about, I don't know, about maybe a week to get everything up. And then in my house, I, I do all my stuff uh, kind of before Thanksgiving, so it's all Christmassy. If I could keep it up all year round, I would, but my husband, no, he won't let me, so. He but won't, I, yeah. I, I love the holidays. Now, if people could just take that act of kindness and that giving and just thread it the rest of the 364 days, again, we would live in an amazing world. We really would, just, yeah. I don't know. If Just don't fear what you don't understand. Just educate yourself. That's all you have to do. That is a huge piece of advice that I hope everyone, including me, can take to heart. More. Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, that little judgment thing is going to kick into your head. But if you realize it, like I have surround sound, I have the Lord talking to me, I swear, talking to me. He's putting people in front of me every single day. It is just amazing. And if you just uh, get rid of that judgment piece, there in the grace of God go you and just put that away and, uh, it, it, it's it's an it's an amazing thing. It's the world will really open up to people if they just uh, if they just do that. What you don't understand, just educate yourself about it, yeah. and not immediately fear it, because you're beat up with fear all the time, twenty four seven. It's everywhere, everywhere you go. It's on the news. It's on the radio. It's in the newspaper. It's in magazines. It's in, it's constant bombardment. And you have to really fight hard uh, against that, and just oh, educate sure. yourself. Mm-hmm. It's we're almost hardwired to to fear because uh, I probably our ancestors needed it to uh, you know survive the uh, lion that was attacking or something right so it, it, you have to fight sure. against it you have to take mm-hmm. the time to to not mm-hmm. go that route yeah that's right you'll be yeah. better for it if you do yeah and wow it sounds like you have God's voice like on Dolby Digital surround going through your head so it's you're really well, right I wasn't I I moved here in 2006 I was saved. In 2009. And my world... Oh, that happened after you got to Bakersfield. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I mean, I always believed in... I always believed in God. I always did. But I wasn't... um, I wasn't really connected with him. But, you know, he's... uh, Thankfully, he's... He's he's patient. 
<laughs> and he's kind and he's forgiving. <laughs> and I thank God for that every day too. Uh, so no, I was, uh, you know, I, I was baptized when I was nine. I did that upon myself. But as a child, you know, you, you go to, my mom was the religious one. She, she's the one that believed in God. And so, so we went to Sunday school. She took us to church. Uh, but what, what got me going in my teenage years is your brain's muddled anyway. You see people on Sunday one way, and then you see them the rest of the week something completely yeah. different and not and not really getting it not really understanding that's not god's fault that's their fault it has nothing to do yeah. with him how they're acting has not, yeah. but then I, you equate it well if that has anything to do with god i don't want anything to do with it <laughs> so right. you, and anyway you rebel and you back away well that happens to all of us that happens to the best of us so i reactivated myself as i say in 2009 and switched gears and and started listening more i started listening oh. I, I'm quiet every morning. I wake up every morning. That's when I, I start every morning on my knees. And uh, Oh, you do like a prayer or a meditation or something? Or Oh, yeah. I'm, I, I, I asked for knee pads for Christmas from my husband. And he goes, knee pads? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm longer and longer on my knees every morning. I need knee pads. It kind of hurts after a while. <laughs> Getting on a pillow. Pillow doesn't work out, so I need some knee pads so I can get on my knees and, and start my day off with the Lord. And I, I need knee pads because my, knee, my knees were getting sore. <laughs> If you're, if you're praying so much, you need knee pads. I think you're doing pretty well. It's <laughs> yeah, I, I do it throughout yeah. the day. Well, I, you know, I have a family that's all, all getting older. I mean, my older brother is going to be uh, 70, 79 in May. I've lost two of okay. them already. Oh, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I have a really large family. So I, I have to pray for them because they're, they, everybody goes through struggles. So I'm always, so I have a big family I have to pray for, let alone all my friends and and neighbors and things like that. And I have to long time get everybody yeah. on my list. Can't miss anybody. How yeah. Penny, how would you define retirement? I mean, people think about it all sorts of different ways. And we're speaking of stigma, we're kind of trying to get rid of the stigma of retirement because it doesn't oh. have to mean sitting in a lazy boy chair, obviously. Would you know that's what people think of? No, it's um, obviously you don't. No. Like I said, I planned for it and I so I kind of knew what I wanted to do. I just wanted to volunteer all the time. But you you have to decide, well, one, it's got to be monetary. So you, you got to understand, you know, so I want to make sure by the time I was 45, I didn't have any bills. I want to make the big ones. I didn't want to have a mortgage. Yeah. You, know, you got to get rid of that. That's the ultimate thing. You got to get it right. So you got to plan. Your whole life is your, is your retirement, is your planning. The ultimate goal is when do you want to do it? And then you got to think outside yourself. Okay, well, you got to have something outside your job. You should even have yeah. that now. Right. I mean, for crying out loud, I can't imagine. My parents were involved in all sorts of stuff. And they, their lives were crazy busy. Kids yeah. and school and work and all sorts of stuff. So, But they always had uh, uh, hobbies. They always had hobbies, other interests. So you ha I love to sew. I do arts and crafts oh, okay. and, and, and stuff. And I like to garden. I love to read. I, have, I started a book club here in Solera, where I live. I started a book club. I, you know, so... So again, so you got to plan. Okay, where do I want to be? And, and so you got to make your adjustments. You got to pay pay yourself. But retirement is you don't stop learning. You don't just like right. quit and throw out. Like I said, you go, no way. This is when the fun begins. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. This is when you can spend time with your grandchildren and show them all the beautiful things. And and, and what the cool thing is, you can actually see that stuff that you've taken for granted now through their eyes and all of a sudden it comes to life again. Yeah. Cuz you've you've kind of forgotten. 
what it's uh, right. what it's like uh, to sit down and because we got a little we got a bird feeder out here um, a hummingbird feeder. And what the coolest thing is we set up a camera and so you can watch it when he comes in. So sometimes we pull the chip out, stick it in the old TV and watch the hummingbird coming in. And it's just the coolest thing ever. But it, when you get so wrapped up in stuff, uh, you tend to forget those simple things. Uh, so then you can get to, you know, if you've never seen the fall leaves, well, now you have an opportunity in retirement to go see that. So you have yeah. those things. So you just have to, what do you want to do? And the earlier you plan, the better off you are. Don't wait till your 40s. If you can start in your 20s, even when you have children, you pay yourself first. You are a bill. I don't care if it's 10 bucks. I don't care if it's 20 bucks. I don't whatever whatever you can make, but you pay yourself first and then the pay the rest of the bills. And of yeah. course, I went without. Like I said, I went without. I, I made sacrifices because I knew what I wanted. I yeah. knew I wanted to retire early. And you retirement, did. you're not dead. You're not dead when you retire. You, you get to do all the th things that you want to do. And it doesn't have to be some elaborate thing. You don't have to start taking all cruises, which is great. If you can, thank the Lord God above that you have that ability. Hallelujah. Yeah. That is wonderful. Yeah. But to me, retirement was my opportunity to volunteer full time. That was my goal. And I did everything I could to allow me to afford me that opportunity to be able to do that at a very young age. So. Again, depends on how bad you want it. Because if you right. want it bad enough, you can get it. You just have to prioritize yourself, you know, that your your desires a little bit uh, first. So if you're a bill, pay yourself first. The sky's the limit. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Wow. It's pretty well, cool. Penny, now, see, t talking out loud, talking out loud is like, oh, because <laughs> I just it's just natural for me but as I start talking out loud and my husband I was talking to him about this and he goes well yeah Penn you know it's it's pretty cool what we get to do yeah, yeah. it is wow you know you've you convinced see? me I'm gonna retire today I think I'm ready yeah I, I love it and you have you have children right I, I have a little have little boy so I'm actually not gonna retire today because I have more yeah more earning yeah. to do uh, he's only 15 yep. months oh man yeah. Yep. Well, that's so, cool though. It's really fun. It is. It it it's the it's, it's fun. like I try to tell people uh, who don't have kids it's it's somehow you're exhausted but it's also the best thing ever type of it's a sure. it's that kind of feeling, you know. Yeah. Well, I I I'm jealous because I had the cancer so I couldn't have children. Oh, so, um, oh yeah. cuz that kind of screwed everything up. It kind of screwed everything up. So Yep, I never could have kids. So that's the other thing. I just give back to other children. So like I said, I read to uh, four-year-olds in a pre-kindergarten at Evergreen Elementary. And so that's my oh, way really? of I give back to children. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I do puppets. I was telling Marissa that I do puppets and, and I do uh, crazy hats and I read, really? uh, read positive books. Yep. Yeah, this is Chester. This is Chester. Oh, hi, He's Chester. one of my many... <laughs> This is one of my, he, he's a, he's a rat, but he doesn't like to be called a rat. He likes to be called a mouse because rats are dirty and mean and stigma. So Chester's, yeah, stigma yeah, Chester's my main guy and you can actually call me Sybil because I do all sorts of puppets, all sorts of voices. <laughs> Sib Sybil and for people who don't know had, had split personality disorder, Split right? personality. <laughs> so that's, that kind of happens. Yeah. And what's really interesting, um, I've been doing this for quite a while and the, I had school psychologists show up because they actually watch me because the kids will come up and grab Chester's hands and say, Miss Penny, can I tell Chester something? 
Really? I'm sitting on my hand. Yeah. They'll tell him whatever. And I'm think I'm sitting there. My eyes are like usually as big as saucers because I have no idea what's going to come out of the out of their mouths. And some have been yeah. a pretty, pretty like, wow. And, yeah. and so uh, through and I before I go in uh, every Monday, I pray before I go in and said, Lord, give me the words to to say to use to to help these children. If they happen to ask Chester a question, just <laughs> give me the words, help me out. So far, I've been successful. Wow. Most of just common sense and stuff like that. But yeah, these kids uh, have it tough. At four, they shouldn't have yeah. these kind of issues, but unfortunately, they do. Yeah. So and so, you bring in Chester to help. Yeah, Chester yeah. and all a plethora. I've got a plethora of uh, puppets, all sorts of, and I read really fun books all about love, kindness, acceptance, tolerance. You know, we're all different, but that's okay. Yeah. You know, even I have a I have a moose. I have a moose who has a speech impediment. Really? So did you, you came up with that? These, all these characters are yeah. Penny originals. Yep. yep. Yeah. Just, you know, he has a speech impediment cause he's, he's different. You might so, need your own yeah, TV okay. show, Penny. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of fun. I even laugh at myself yeah. sometimes. It gets so silly. It gets so yeah. silly. It's just, I laugh at myself. Yeah. It's really funny. <laughs> I love it. It's really quite funny. Yeah. It's humorous. Well, Penny Martinez, I think we're going to end it there. I can't top that. So thank you so much for coming on the Happiest Retirees podcast. It's been a pleasure, and I've learned so much. Oh, it's been a blast. I've loved okay. this. So what a fun job you have. I really do. I, I am very, very lucky. Yeah. Yeah, this is great. great. So thank you okay. for this opportunity. I appreciate it. Okay.